For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafe's Fireside Talk Radio, where we ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. Now, I have an awesome show today, but before we begin, I want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. But first, and now I get the great privilege of introducing my new friend, Dana Goodrum, to the show. Dana, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited you're here, and I want to give people, my listening friends, just a little taste of what they're in for, because I think they ought to know. Dana, Dana the way I met Dana is I was so attracted to the, the her book. She wrote a book called Open With Your Broken, and if you listen to my show very often, you're going to know why that would be so appealing to me, because on this show, we really try to tell the truth and be authentic, and we try to get people on here who've been through a, a crisis and experience, and then they have come to the other side and they have victory to share with others. And Dana, you so epitomize that. So I'm going to just read a little bit of her blurb from some of her stuff that's out there on the internet. She's easy to find, and I'm going to tell you how to find her. But after, here's one of the things she wrote After nearly a decade hiatus away from God, Dana Goodrum is well versed in the trials, attacks, and tribulations associated with making peace with your past. And so that is one of the things we like to talk about on this show. But here's another thing uh, that she writes. If we are too paralyzed with guilt or too ashamed to be open, we enable the enemy to execute his power over us. And it's time to fight back. Don't miss out on the purpose that God has for your life and the message you are to deliver to others. And so, Dana, you've really done that in an amazing way. And you can find her on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And tell me, do you, tell me your, I think I should know this, but your, do you have a website, Dana? I can't remember. I do. It is DanaGoodrum.com. I should know that because I know I've been to it, in fact. But I'm going to pull it up now just so I can look at it. I love what you're doing. And when we've talked, there have been so many things, so many topics for us to talk about. I didn't really know where to begin. One of the things that I loved about what you've written, though, is you've opened your book with this beautiful chapter and you share so many personal trials and and decisions you made that you really paid for, a high cost for, and you do this so vulnerably and so authentically and with so much victory now that it I just I just couldn't put your book down. And so 
I love that about you, and I I want you to share your story. I don't know where you're going to begin. Have you have you decided which stories you're going to tell on this show? There's so much. Yeah. So actually, I think I'm just going to um, provide this very abbreviated version um, because I think it's really important, especially for women. Um, we have such a difficulty at so many different points in our lives in struggling with self-worth. And because of that, that can result in so many different things depending on where you are. And so regardless of that source, for me, I was a young woman who struggled with self-worth. And because of that, I sought things and did things for acceptance um, or for escape of the feeling of non-acceptance. And so for me, that looked like alcohol. It looked like drugs. And eventually that became really unhealthy relationships um, and sexual relationships at a younger age. I think I was 16 when I first started having sex, but in my mind convinced myself that it was love. And so Mm. attached that love to these unhealthy um, relationships. Mm. Um, The recourse for that is you know, it can be seen in the physical, like money, financial issues, or health problems, uh, work or school could suffer. But more so, and especially for me, there was this emotional destruction that was much more devastating and just continued on, like, in this cycle for years. Well, um, in your really. First- Sorry, I'm not to interrupt, but one of the things I loved about your first chapter is you really give a lot of the detail and the experiences you had in that part of your life. And of course, some of them that are what you and I both share, you shared in that first chapter. But what I love when I've talked to you personally, you say everybody has a first chapter. And I thought that that is a great quote. I'm going to quote you on that for the, forever. That is so true. Everybody has a first chapter. So I love it that you put it in that kind of context. We're not done writing our stories. Exactly. So, Everybody has their chapter one. And I think that, you know, when you start off, for me, I had to lay out my brokenness and it's ugly. I mean, you know, for um, nothing, no, you know, already what was going to be in my chapter one, but from a worldly perspective and for a lot of people who wasn't walking with me every step of the way, they had no idea mm-hmm. what my look like. And so there was a lot of shame and guilt and security, fear, embarrassment tied to that. Um, And so in that, I do, I talk about um, the divorce that I went through and, um, and that was my first husband is my son's dad. And then shortly after that, because I was in a broken place, um, I was attracting still broken people. And I think that sometimes we can move so quickly from relationship to relationship that Mm -hmm. we haven't allowed ourselves to heal. I'm and so glad, so glad we, you mentioned that. That I've seen that happen over and over. And I'm 60, so we've lived a long time, and we we see people go through divorce and immediately get into another bad situation because they don't take the time to process. Exactly, and they and it's it's broken people attracting broken people, or I'm sure you've heard hurt people 
hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when you put broken people into a relationship together, um, you have unfortunate results from that. So my second relationship, which was absolutely coming from a broken place, um, you know, I attracted a very manipulative, extremely smooth talking, um, mm-hmm. but was a drug addicted alcoholic. But I didn't find out a lot of those truths until I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so there was a time, you know, even when I look back reading my own chapter one, that it's like I read the story and I'm, you know, like, oh, come on, you poor girl. Get it together. <laughs> oh, I love you know, that. It's like I'm reading someone else's story. You know what I like about that is we had, uh, oh, I wish I could remember who used this word. One of the people I've interviewed on the show used the word self-compassion a lot. And I love that. I just took that to my heart because I think that's one of the things we don't do as women very well. We don't have compassion on ourselves. But but obviously, if you're reading your own chapter one and going, oh, poor girl, you really have gotten to that place where you can forgive and grant yourself compassion. I'm so happy, really so happy about the victory in your life, Dana. And I see it in, in all the stuff that I've, I've been fortunate enough to come across you on the Internet and see all that you're doing and just really applaud your work. I'm so proud of you. And we have a lot to talk about. I want to mention, uh, I want to, I don't want to miss a chance to tell my listening friends. There was a moment where you found out that you're this, this young man that you were involved with and you were about to, you'd gotten yourself to, you, you'd lived in a scrappy apartment. You just teetered along with a, your, your oldest son was beginning to see how, how terrible things were. He was old enough to understand things had changed and they were bad. And you were ready. You'd saved enough money. You were getting your life together. You were, you were ready to buy a townhouse. And this ex called you and tried to talk you out of it. I, I want you to share that story if you don't mind, because I think a lot of women have been in this situation where they know better, but if they feel the pull. Absolutely. Well, and I think to give you a little more, um, detail about even where I was mentally and even attachment wise to him. Um, the summer before that happened, I had gone to the hospital thinking I was having a, you know, my 50th kidney stone because I was just a, you know, I had uh-huh. kidney stones since I was like, 14. Right. and I find out I am pregnant with oh, wow. what would have been my third child. And at that point in my life, I was living with my two kids in a bedroom of a friend's house. You know what? So my son. I'm going to interrupt you because I need you to know we only have about a minute before we go to the break. And I I know where you're going with this story. So we're going to keep talking about this when we come back. But I want you to just quickly wrap up so that we can go to the break in a minute. You you have about a minute left. So I, my son was sleeping on, um, a cushion of a floor. And I will tell you that at this place, you're, you're in your mind thinking of as a young girl, I debated against abortion. I was the, I was the person in high school who gave the pro-life debates. And yet here I am in a position of having to imagine bringing a third child into a situation where we were classified as homeless. Mm. I had no income. Um, and it was like, I was in a fog. I couldn't talk to anybody out of embarrassment. 
And so I'd love to share with you when we get back exactly how I walked through that. Yes. Um, I can't wait and how to talk I got about to the that. other side of it. And I love what you have to say on this. Listing friends, please hang on with us. We're going to go to that break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about guilt and shame and what's the difference. And believe me, Dana is going to knock your socks off. She is so amazing. Thank you so much for what you've shared so far. Stay with us, and we'll be right back after these messages. KathyCraffy.com. You can find all this stuff and more. And don't forget to go to Dana's website, too. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. I knew Mom wanted to stay at home. It's the center of her family, her life. But helping Mom stay in her home while managing mine was just too much. Honestly, it wasn't just about me. Mom didn't want me to be her caretaker. She wanted me to be her daughter. I felt so alone until I found out about Home Instead Senior Care. When we met the people at Home Instead, we just knew they were different. The experience was personal. They understood how we were all feeling. They just cared. Because of Home Instead Senior Care, Mom now has a caregiver who can help her stay home. But more importantly, they've made an incredible connection I never expected. And Home Instead changed my life, too. I've found balance again, and most importantly, for Mom and me, I get to be her daughter again. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. This is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. Well, we had to go to break, and I, I love the sponsors that we have. I'm so grateful for them, but... I also hated to interrupt because Dana Goodrum is just sharing the best stuff with us. Before you finish your story, Dana, I want to give, I want to spell your name for my listening friends. It's D-A-N-A, and her last name is Goodrum, which is very easy to remember, G-O-O-D-R-U-M.com. So you can find a beautiful, all this beautiful stuff that she's written there. She's a fabulous writer. Her book is Open With Your Broken, and it's all about 
Really, I, I think if I were going to sum up your book, I would say it's about how to get ourselves back when we wander away and we're off a path and, and we're on a broken path. How do we come back and bring our heart back to the Lord who can repair it? Is that a fair assessment of how you would uh, describe your own book, Dana? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Well, so we were talking about abortion and the guilt and shame that goes with that. I want you to continue on that. And you know, I'm very engaged with you as you talk about this, because I too have had an abortion. I'm very open about the experience I had. And there's plenty on kathycraffy.com if you're looking for information about that. Or, of course, you can always feel free to just email me through my website and I will return that uh, any questions you have that you want to keep confidential, of course, will be that. But, uh, Dana, so if you don't mind telling us a little bit more, you, you were in this really difficult place. You had two kids. You were essentially homeless. You also, I mean, don't forget you had a friend that loved you enough to take you in. That's amazing in itself. Right. And I think that um, I was at a battle with myself. I was so embarrassed that I was embarrassed that I was, I was 27. So in my mind, you know, these were, this was a place you would find yourself in much younger, you know, like I shouldn't be in this position at my age. And so I just beat myself up um, so much through the thought process, but never once wanted to talk to anyone um, and you were kind of the poster, was, you were the poster child for having had a pretty good raising, right? I mean, would you describe your family background as pretty, uh, like, tell me a little bit about that. So I was raised Catholic, um, through my grandmother and went to CCD was confirmed. Um, absolutely. So, and I talk about that where one thing I absolutely knew was certain, um, especially from the Catholic knowledge that I had was that abortion equaled hell. I mean, in my mind, that's, mm -hmm. that's where I was. And I think too, what was important is that in looking back, I had a great knowledge of God, uh, but I didn't know God. And mm -hmm. that was really important for me to understand later in life. But because I thought I knew enough about him, um, I was, I was too afraid to even fathom the possibility of turning to him or anyone that may know more than I did. Can I, so, I want to I cut in here for my listening friends. Yeah. We, you and I've talked about this, so you know what I'm going to say that we have this ministry in East Texas called Christ Centered Abortion Recovery and Education Care. And they're very easy to find on the internet and it's a very confidential ministry. But one of the things we've discovered as we've provided these weekend retreats and, you know, longer term studies for people to begin to forgive themselves and recover from post-abortion syndrome or PAUSE, which is uh, has a lot of symptoms that are very similar to post-traumatic stress disorder. One thing we've discovered is many times people will say, well, I can't go to church because if they if I tell anybody at church, they'll kick me out of the church. And I just want to say, since we've heard that so often, that is actually false. We, we don't know anyone that's had that happen. Of all the people that have come through our studies, I've heard of one case where one person 
felt that they had been condemned by the people in their church. And honestly, they should just look for a new church. Really, there's no excuse for that. Um, So I just want to throw that out there. If you've been through abortion, if you're listening to our conversation and you think you can't go back to church, that is not true. And Dana is really going to address that on another. We're going to do another podcast, an episode about returning to to the place where you can be uh, feel forgiven and love love yourself. So that's going to be the wisdom she shares. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to throw that out there, Dana. So, so how did you distinguish between guilt and shame yourself? Well, the first thing that I had to understand was that um, shame is definitely external. It's what we think about when we think about other people finding out. So shame is like, you know, you shaming someone else about what they've done. And guilt is what we put on ourselves. But the important thing is that neither one is from God. Now, I didn't understand either of those things. Um, So when I had um, even left the clinic, and mind you, as I walked in, I was was met with protesters. So I was, Mm. uh, people screamed at me that I was a murderer, told me I was going to hell. Um, You know, I was crying before I even walked into the doors, but I accepted that judgment. And I mean, for, you know, accepted Mm -hmm. it as if, okay, yeah, I totally, I get it. You know, I, I know that's okay. Yep. And so I went into a very dark place after that. Um, it wasn't depression because I still functioned normally for the world. But I mean, like on the inside, it was just a very dark place. And so, and all of it was, was guilt, definitely about I should have done this and why didn't I do this? But then I couldn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want anyone to know and, and nobody could find out. And so for years, uh, I carried all of that with me. Um, to be honest, most people, including many people in my family, did not find out until, you know, I had to, I wanted to let them know before the book came out. So <laughs> you're yeah. talking years later that I was like, by the way, um, yeah. so this is going to be in the book and I'm just going to give you a forewarning. So you mm-hmm. don't, you know, feel like you were shocked with the rest of the readers. Yeah, um, actually that's a pretty common uh, occurrence. Most people keep it a secret for at least seven years. In my case, I told my children when they were old enough I didn't want to steal their childhood, but when they turned 13 or 14, I went ahead and told them because I had told enough of my girlfriends, I felt that somebody might accidentally say something in front of them, and I didn't want them to hear it from someone else. Uh, And so I just told the rest of my family, and that was long before I ever spoke about it in public. I do think God designs all our emotions, and and I I believe that guilt and shame have a healthy purpose, but I think what you're saying in and I think what we might agree on is that Satan, of course, will use anything God made and just totally destroy and distort it. But I know in my life, guilt and shame were the things that that were like fuel for me to re, uh, rethink and, and reexamine my life. So that was a really healthy way to handle guilt and shame rather than living in it, but to go ahead and like I like the story of Adam and Eve and how they hid because they felt guilt and shame. And, and so 
in my life, I knew that was true, that the, the guilt and the shame were symptoms of decisions I'd made that I was not happy with and that I felt were not fair to God, that I had misrepresented him. So I just throw that out there because I, I think sometimes guilt and shame get a bad rap when, in fact, they are very healthy if we use them to the purpose that God designed them for. Um, so I just throw that out to think about in case anybody, and, and if, if you're listening and you want to send me some information and your, your perspective is different than mine, I sure welcome, love to hear that from you. So feel free to, to do that. I was eager to hear what you would say, Dana, about that because I'm doing some writing on it right now, but that whole idea that guilt is internal and shame is external, I, I have never thought about it that way. It's, I don't know. Did you get that out of other books or are you just that good at thinking yourself? Uh, I think it was just, I, I didn't read it anywhere. I think just um, in writing and going through that chapter, I really had to understand, you know, what was I so afraid of? I mean, even when you get to the point of publishing your own chapter, yeah. I, there was still fear. Yes. And so that's when I started differentiating. I already knew I was forgiven. So it certainly wasn't guilt. I didn't feel guilty about those things because Christ right. had forgiven me. So where was where was that icky feeling that I had? And that's when I was, oh, this is shame, but it's from other people. I'm afraid of their judgment. I'm afraid yeah. of, you know, what they're going to say. Well, so that, that's really when I came to the realization of, of the dichotomy between the two. I'm just going to tell you with your permission, I'm going to quote you in the book, in my, the book I'm wor working on currently. If I'll send you a chapter so you can read it before it comes out. But that internal and external definition that is really very profound and and I know what you mean there there was so much fear for me about uh stepping out of um out of my hidden like I didn't mind sharing with my girlfriends but I didn't want to stand in front of a crowd of mixed people like men and women and talk about my abortion so that for me I knew was another I knew I was hiding in the bushes again when it came time for me to do that and it was so scary so right. I just yeah. I just stepped into it because I knew better. I, I knew that was an attack of the enemy. And the fact was that God had forgiven me and that I was his daughter. And sure, I do have this history, but I don't need to walk in shame or be burdened or bound by it. I can step right. in, into this new person in this new life that in the new way that I honor God in my frailty and my mistakes. And my, even those Absolutely. become to his glory. So I know you're, you've written so many good chapters about that. I really appreciate what you shared here. I don't know if I, I don't, I may be wrong. I'm thinking I'm getting, oh my gosh, I'm getting this signal. It's one minute out. So you close with whatever summary you want a statement you want to say about your own life, Dana. And believe me, people, if you want to read her book, Open with the Broken, you will not be disappointed. So I will tell you this. There was a point months later where I thought that I was too far gone. I was past the oh. point of grace. I had messed up. I was too broken. And um, I refused to even fathom the idea of faith or praying. I knew God was going to strike me down if I even said his name. Finish and there quick. was a point, and I go, I go into detail in the book, but I reached and cried out to God. And when I tell you he rescued me in that moment— um, it changed my life and every day after. And okay, so, so the wisdom I gained for that, we'll share. Yes. Look for her other episodes. You're going to love what she shares in the next round. Thank you for 
joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fiddle. Got in.